It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sam Ekstrom, Sage Rosenfels with you. Welcome to the show. Before we begin, follow us on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom or at Sage Rosenfels 18. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and hey, check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's growing by the day. Former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels is with us this morning. Sage, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Good morning. Uh, excited to talk about the Vikings and uh, week three of the preseason. Week three of the preseason, indeed. Uh, we'll get into that shortly. A couple news items from practice yesterday. It was a really good health day for the Minnesota Vikings. Rhett Ellison taken off the pup list, the physically unable to perform list, after tearing his patellar tendon week 17 of last year. Mike Zimmer said yesterday at his press conference he was surprised Allison was back this soon, said he was a little bit ahead of schedule, and that's a big addition to this Minnesota Vikings team. They drafted David Morgan II basically as Red Ellison insurance. They weren't sure if he was going to be all right, but he passed a physical, he's good to go, and he even took some first-team reps yesterday, and he looked great. What this does create, though, Sage, is a logjam. The Vikings certifiably have four tight ends that could make this roster. I talked about it a little bit yesterday on the podcast. Go back and podcast that. But, Sage, four tight ends. Is that a little too much, or do you like to have the depth? I like the depth. That's one of those positions where you'd like to have you know too many players than, than not enough. You know, anymore in the NFL, so many teams, or very few teams, would you say, really use a traditional fullback. Uh, so if you can have you know that second tight end, uh, to sort of play some fullback, uh, you know, during the season, uh, they're all tight ends are also generally fairly good on special teams, uh, which Red Allison is very, very good at. Uh, so it's not just a tight end position. Uh, and in, in, in a North Turner offense, he likes to use two tight ends a lot. Uh, well, if one of those guys goes down during the season, you have to have a third. Uh, there's instances, instances where you wear, you know, two tight ends and a fullback. So sometimes it's really almost three tight ends in the game. One of those again. One of those guys goes down. Uh, you need another one. So uh, I think from the depth perspective, from the fact that North Turner likes using tight ends, the fact that generally tight ends are very good on special teams and, and all forms of special teams, uh, that they're a very very important aspect of the football team. And it's not unprecedented that the Vikings would have four tight ends in the mix. Just last year, <laughs> the Vikings had Kyle Rudolph, Michael Pruitt, Rhett Ellison, and Chase Ford was the, the odd man out. He made the 53, but then he was inactive on game days. It'll be interesting to see how the Vikings negotiate with those four tight ends this year and whether they have them all active, whether they sit one. Because you're right, 
Norv loves 12 personnel and 13 personnel. The Vikings used a lot of three tight end sets on run plays last year and basically had an eight-man offensive line, and it worked brilliantly. I recall the 80-yard the touchdown run by Adrian Peterson against Oakland last year came out of a 13 personnel, three tight ends to the right set. Is, is that the type of set where, uh, I mean, as a, as a running back, I mean, I know you're not a running back, Sage, but I would imagine uh, you'd have a lot of confidence running into that kind of line with that much bulk up front. Well, you know, it's the running the football, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And, you know, sometimes the best way to do it is to spread the defense out and have, you know, three or four receivers in the game. And it sort of produces bigger cavities, um, bigger holes. The defense, the linebackers, and the safeties have to cover more space. And there's other times you just go old school and say, you know, we're going to line up a certain way and, you know, we're going to run down your throats and try to stop us. Uh, it brings all the defenders in. Uh, but the good thing with that is, you know, as you saw in that Oakland game last year, he made that uh, cornerback miss or, or sort of, you know, ran him over, ran to the side of him, and there's nobody there. If you bring all, all the defenders in, there's usually somebody sitting in the hole, and Adrian Peterson is usually pretty good at taking care of him by himself. So definitely a lot of ways to run the football. North Turner's very creative offensive coordinator as far as, far as trying to find ways to run the football uh, and obviously using multiple tight end sets is very, very important with that. I mean, one thing with Red Ellison, which is interesting, and it's very, it was very normal when you're playing, if a guy got hurt in, say, week 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, an ACL injury or a patellotalon injury, you know, something that, that was going to last six, seven, eight months, a lot of times you sort of expected that they were going to miss part of the following season if you got hurt late in the year. Sort of a joke of, if you're going to get hurt, you want to get hurt like early in the season. So, you know, your, your rehab and everything is finished and you're ready to go by the next training camp. But obviously Red Ellison, you know, we call him a fast healer or a hard worker or whatever the case is. Obviously he got back fairly quickly being injured in week 17 uh, and making it back for, you know, week three of the preseason. Here's the rest of the injury report from yesterday, and it's pretty positive for Vikings fans. Uh, we'll do the negative first. Xavier Rhodes still out, not participating after a little hamstring issue against Seattle. Anthony Harris is out with, I believe, a non-disclosed injury at this point. And Scott Crichton, the third-string defensive end, is not practicing. He hasn't been for a while. Now the good news, Eric Kendricks returned in pads, played in a limited role. Matt Khalil, who hurt himself on Sunday, was back in a limited role. Sharif Floyd, back in pads. And all these guys were on a pitch count, basically. They weren't getting full reps, but they were hitting at some junctures of practice. And then the one that everyone wants to know about, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater threw a handful of passes during individual and team drills. He did not air it out downfield, kept everything short as they eased him back into the mix. That's a good sign for Vikings fans that uh, it's likely not too serious with Teddy. Is it possible, Sage, with all these practices, with all these reps in the preseason, that Teddy maybe has a little case of camp arm fatigue? Well, yeah, I think so. And I, you know, what people don't realize is that your your arm gets tired uh, during training camp. But to me, it's not from the actual throwing motion uh, per se. It's that your legs get tired. Your legs get heavy. Uh, and then you start using your, your arm, your elbow, those types of things more to try to get zip on the football. Your legs just don't have any juice in them, uh, particularly at the end of practice or at the end of, uh, you know, a three or four or five days of hot weather, you know, in a row. And so, you know, my elbow, I was pretty lucky. My shoulder, my elbow 
rarely had any issues, but when it did, it was because I was overcompensating and just throwing with my arm, uh, not with my legs. Any good quarterback really throws with your legs about you know, 80%. Uh, and your arm is really just a whip uh, at the end of the throwing motion that sort of just comes along with your body. Uh, but like I said when you're tired, uh, a lot of times you start overcompensating with other your shoulder, your elbow, those types of things, and that's when some inflammation pops up. Sage, yesterday we had episode three of Zimmer versus Media. I'll play the audio for you. This is pertaining to Adrian Peterson's play in the preseason. Uh, I'll let you listen. Made a decision on whether you'll play Adrian Peterson this Sunday or at all in the preseason. I have. And what is the answer to that question? That's one of those that uh, I'm going to not tell you. Okay. <laughs> why? Yeah. I don't. Know. It's not necessary. I mean, why is it necessary? Preseason game. No, there's no competitive advantage if you tell us or don't tell us. Chargers aren't going to care. They're not going to care. Yeah. Call Mike McCoy and ask him if they're going to care. Yeah, just ask him. Call him. Ask him if he you cares. Really think you care about I would. Why? Because I think it's important. There's no com- no competitive advantage whatsoever in that for Mike McCoy. I think they probably if if they knew Adrian Peterson was playing in the backfield, I think they would probably be having a lot of run blitzes and a lot of uh, eight man boxes and stacking the line of scrimmage. But that's what you sort of want, right? For for him to get fresh. Well, we'll see when we'll see in the game. So Zimmer is again being a little sneaky, not revealing whether Adrian Peterson is going to be playing on Sunday. The the question is, is it a competitive advantage for Mike Zimmer to reveal that information, particularly in the preseason when teams may not be game planning as much? Uh, what's your gut reaction to that exchange? Well, for one, uh, the preseason does matter to these coaches. Uh, and, and, you know, first thing, a guy like Agent Pearson, they don't want him to get hurt in the preseason. But it does matter. I mean, t- anytime you step out on the field, whether it's regular season or preseason, uh, you're putting something on your resume. Uh, even as a head coach, you know, the quality of the product, uh, the quality of your play, the effort of the guys, those types of things. And so, uh, you know, there is, he is right. There is no reason. Uh, for him to do something that he doesn't have to do uh, by any sort of NFL rule. He doesn't have to uh, make those declarations during the preseason. So what's the point? Uh, you know, no offense to the media, which is what we're a part of. You know, I'm part of at this point in my <laughs> life. But making the media happy has never won an NFL game uh, for a coach, for a player, for anybody. Uh, so uh, his job is to do what's best for the Vikings. And if he doesn't have to divulge information, he shouldn't uh, feel the need to just to make people happy uh, so they can write stories or talk about on the radio uh, or so the other head coach can, can, you know, sort of game plan, even though they don't do a ton of game planning, but still game plan, be prepared for you know, probably the best back in the NFL. Let me give you a mild devil's advocate. I, I liked the follow-up question by the reporter, though, when he said, well, they're going to be showing eight-man boxes and, you know, these heavy fronts. Isn't that what you want? You want Peterson to see a realistic game situation to get him tuned up for the season? Doesn't that make a little bit of sense? Uh, I mean, does Adrian need to really get out there and get tuned up for the season? Well, well mean, that's, a, me, that's a different guy that discussion. probably yeah. held out the entire training camp right. and, you know, basically go through – you know, drills where he's hitting bags and, you know, doing those types of things and show up week one 
I mean, for a guy like Adrian, it is, it is riding a bike. I don't think there's, you know, well, he hasn't been hit enough or those types of things. He knows what he's doing. He's a Hall of Fame running back. Uh, he can probably, it's, 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 it's not the quarterback-receiver relationship or offensive line where you're getting in a groove with other people. Uh, I'm sure he gets plenty of reps in practice, and, and uh, he'll be ready to go for week one. I, I, would not, I would not play him a down in the preseason. I tend to agree with you, and the funny thing is, is that Adrian Peterson seems to be the one pushing for this. You know, he he's cut from a different cloth, if you ask me. He's the one who's wanting more reps, always demanding a bigger workload. He wants to play in these preseason games, or at least that's uh, the way we understand it. You spent some time with him, obviously, in in your in your day in Minnesota. You were also around him during his rehab uh, between 2011 and 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Could you tell that this guy was as driven or as motivated as it gets? Yes, and, you know, the great players generally are. I always say the great players have unbelievable natural talent, but they also have outstanding work ethic. Uh, You know, the the real Hall of Fame type guys. If, If Adrian was just talented but didn't have great work ethic, uh, he'd, he'd be good player in the NFL because he's so talented, uh, but he wouldn't be as good for as long as he has been. So, you know, the great ones, guys like Walter Payton, uh, who would outwork you every single day. Uh, I think Adrian sort of always has Walter in the back of his mind, the way he worked uh, in his off seasons and his training camps. And uh, he's never going to turn it down uh, and until his career is done. Because at that position, uh, if you just give up a little bit or don't work, you know, eh, I'm not going to work quite as hard this year you quickly go downhill. So you have to keep that sword uh, sharp. And, uh, and Adrian's always up for, for more reps. And obviously, you know, most of the time, the, the coaches, the, the head coaches, the offensive coordinators don't listen to him. And they say, you're going to get as many reps as we think uh, is necessary because we got to get you ready for, you know, a 16-plus game schedule. We don't really care about training camp or preseason too much for you. We want you good, you know, in November and December and January when it really matters. And when you're 31 years old as a running back, too, that's all the more important. Uh, Peterson, as we were talking about Ellison earlier, Peterson's kind of in that same group, that exclusive club of guys who got hurt late in the season and was able to come back in 2012. And, hey, he he won a rushing title. It kind of goes to show you that knee injuries, while serious, if you have the right rehab these days, it's not a career ender. You can no longer say that a guy tears his ACL, his career will never be the same. Because I think that medicine is so advanced now, that's not the case. Would you agree? In a lot of ways, yes. I mean, I've definitely see, seen careers end because of an ACL or because of a tendon. In particular, a guy, uh, say, playing the receiver position or the, the cornerback position or even a, a running back position where – you know, they're, they're basically, you know, they're Porsches, right? So uh, if you take the fifth gear out of a Porsche, it makes a big impact. But if you take the fifth gear out of, a, of an offensive lineman or, or a quarterback or some of those positions, uh, they can still be crafty enough to get by, hmm. uh, you know, for other reasons. And so but I, I, I thoroughly recall his rehab uh, in 2011, and uh, it was just unbelievable the way he worked. Uh, but also, you know, his body, I said, I, I've said this many times before, his body has special DNA in it. Um, so not only is he you know, extremely strong and fast and all these things, but uh, the way his body came back uh, and obviously, you know, accepted the surgery very quickly and healed very quickly, uh, the guy has very special DNA. There's only a few people like him in the world. What was the most intense rehab you had to undergo, Sage? 
Oh, I didn't have too much to be honest with you. You know, backup quarterback with 12 career starts. Uh, you know, when I was in college, I broke my ankle and, uh, and it had just had a scope. Uh, but obviously, you know, that rehab was about, uh, you know, two months long or so. And, and, uh, you know, it was a lot of work. It was my only real sort of serious, uh, you know, sur surgery slash rehab in my college and pro career. So I was pretty lucky. It's the Locked On Vikings podcast, Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. We've also got Locked On Fantasy and a growing number of NFL team podcasts, most recently Locked On Broncos with Dave Logan and Locked On Falcons with Knox Bredeen. A Sage, first preseason game with the new Palace on Sunday. I'll be there for Cumulus Media, Cold Omaha, coldomaha.com. I'm looking forward to seeing the noise level because I think it's going to be pretty realistic, pretty regular season-like. I want to see how this crowd pops in big moments. Yeah, I think the first quarter, and particularly probably the first drive uh, when the defense is on the field, uh, you'll get to see how that stadium you know, reacts to the noise and, and those types of things. I, obviously, the opener on September 17th versus the Packers is going to be you know, quite a way to open that stadium in the regular season. But, uh, you know, all, all reports that I've heard back is it's an un unbelievable place to watch a game. And uh, I'm curious to see what the players' reaction uh, to playing on that surface, playing with that lighting, uh, you know, and all those types of things with the, with the windows and, and the sight lines, uh, you know, for the players. It's Every stadium is different for the players and how you see uh, the field and, and everything. And I'm sort of interested to see what the players feel uh, uh, after being out there on the field in front of, you know, 65,000 people. For sure. Vikings will be practicing there on Friday to get their footing. And then uh, Sunday at noon, the U.S. Bank Stadium football era begins. Practice today, tomorrow, and Friday. So plenty of updates coming on Lockdown Vikings. I'll be there. Sage, one more thing. We want to do a segment eventually called Ask the Sage. So I'm asking right now. <laughs> If anybody wants to send questions via Twitter, feel free, at Sam Ekstrom, use the hashtag AskTheSage. We've already got a couple trickling in. We'll wait until we get a few more. So thank you to those of us who already sent questions. We'll wait till we get a handful more, and then Sage will grill you. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. Looking forward to it. All right. It's Lockdown Vikings. I'm Sam. He's Sage. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.